Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich from CapturingTheCharmLife.com. If you are a homeschool mama challenged by doubt, not sure you can do this homeschool thing. If you're a homeschool mama challenged by overwhelm, there are just too many things to do. Or if you are a homeschool mama unsure that the way you're showing up in your homeschool isn't the way you want to be showing up in your homeschool, then this is the podcast for you. I'm here to encourage you in your homeschool journey to help you strategize ways to turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. So welcome, homeschool mama. Hey you, welcome to season two of the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. Go grab yourself a cup of tea or a cappuccino. I love cappuccinos. Recently, I heard you love chai lattes maybe an Earl Grey latte, go grab whatever you love to drink, snuggle with a cozy blanket and get quiet and, okay, let's be serious, just go grab your laundry basket, you can fold up some laundry while you listen, or head to the garden, invite the kids to do some weeding with you, and you will find a little quiet where you can listen to today's episode, all about the 10 lessons for planning your upcoming homeschool. And I'd love to chat all about all things homeschool. I'd love to have a chat with you in one of my favorite local cafes, order a single shot cappuccino with milk, and chat with you about all things homeschool. But probably I can't. So until that time that I reopen my homestead bed and breakfast and create a homeschool mama retreat in my own home, I'm gonna connect with you here. And when I can reopen my homestead bed and breakfast and offer the homeschool mama retreat in real time, I will. But until that time, if you've been a regular participant in the homeschool mama self-care community, I ask that you might buy me a coffee. If you'd like to say thank you for my efforts in creating a community that's looking out for you, then I ask that you buy me a coffee through the buy me a coffee link. When you support me with the purchase of a coffee, here's what I'm actually going to do. I'm going to take this podcast to a whole new editing level. I'm going to get a subscription to Alitu. It is a podcast editing program that will help decrease my editing time remarkably. So if you want to support me in that way, it would mean a whole lot to me. So what's been happening? Some of my American friends have been back to homeschool routines over the last few weeks. And as many Canadians know, we don't really do that until about of September. Does that all have something to do with harvest time? You know, because we're all harvesters. No, maybe it has something to do with daylight. I don't know where that origin began, but I'm not usually doing any formal homeschool routine until at least the middle of September. So for me, I actually have started to branch into planning homeschooling and I share in a few different videos on Instagram Live all the things that I'm doing or hoping to plan for my single homeschool child this fall. I'm also prepping to head to the other side of the country to bring my second daughter to ballet school. And I gotta say, this could bring tears. I don't even know what to say about that, except that we are on a less than 30 day countdown to bring her to a different city in a different province. And it is a lot. My mama heart is 
what is this? This is a whole bunch of emotions, a lot of emotions. Super excited for her. She is just chomping at the bit to do something new and creative and she's so focused and absolutely loves dance and is just looking forward to a new experience entirely and I want that for her and at the same time it will radically shift our family life because she's such a contributor. I mean she like makes me meals all the time. What will I do? Somebody send food and of course it radically shifts our homeschool because my third daughter is in high school. She'll be in her second year of high school this year. And my youngest is going to be 13 in November. And that is it. He is my final homeschool kiddo at home. That is a big shift from having four little ones at home. But it's really true that things happen rather quickly. And when it felt like they would not sleep through the night, it would never happen. I would be exhausted for eternity. It turns out they slept through the night and now they are leaving home. From one homeschool mama to another, I want to encourage you to take care of yourself. In the spirit of taking care of you, I am going to introduce you to a self-care thing that could actually benefit your world. An actual thing something that you might actually find at Costco, something that's contributed to my well-being over the last number of weeks is a HEPA air filter. When I read an email by Grown and Flown, it's an email that is provided to those who sign up and want to be encouraged as their children are going off to college. They shared, I think, five unusual things that you could purchase for your college-level child, and it was, for their rooms, a HEPA air filter. Well, I'm 47, and this is the first air filter I've ever had, and I'm probably years overdue, because where I live on the coast of British Columbia, we have spent a lot of the summer anticipating wildfires which have been very close to us. We've had our bags packed, we've had all the important things planned, we've taken photos of everything that we own, and we anticipated that not only would we have to leave our home on a moment's notice, probably woken up in the middle of the night, 20 minutes to get out of the house, if we were lucky, we'd also have to participate in the process of a hospital evacuation since my husband works in the hospital. So it has been a pretty intense summer. Add to that, so much smoke that you don't even want to go outside, that breathing inside is a challenge. It was time that I get a HEPA air filter, and I could not be more grateful for that self-care gift. And a homeschool thing that I want to share from one homeschool mom to another, have you seen the new Crayola crayons? It is well overdue to have that many different colors representing all the colors of the world. We finally see a representation in a box. So just based on principle, I purchased a lovely box of crayons, even though I'm not really sure who's gonna use a box of crayons in this household. But finally, we get to see Crayola represent the colors of humanity. Okay, so if you've got your laundry basket out or you're in the garden ready to go, I invite you to join me in listening to today's episode all about the 10 lessons for planning your upcoming homeschool. So let's go. 
These 10 lessons for planning your upcoming homeschool year are born out of a lot of hard work, hard work of the interior, but they're useful lessons that really do shift the energy in your homeschool. They influence how you show up in your homeschool, and they definitely include your kids in their homeschool lives in a more real, authentic way that really benefits their actual education. So the first thing I would say to you is to work toward realistic. I can tell you don't have unrealistic expectations, but that right there is unrealistic. There is something about becoming a parent that helps us to become realistic or else we will die trying. We can work toward being realistic in our time, in our ability to be present, in the expectations we have of how our kids can show up or how they can learn. So many ways to work toward being realistic. But two thoughts I have for you. One is to try to time block your activities. If you are anything like me, you have ideas of what you want to do in your homeschool, and they are amazing, super cool ideas that take a lot of time, more time than you realize. So actually write down everything that you intend to do, but more importantly, write down the time it actually takes for you to do the activity. Because when you find out how much time something actually takes, you too will realize you had way too many things on your roster, impossible for you to include in your life. And really, you're just setting yourself up for a whole bunch of frustration. And the other thought is to work toward realistic. Our goal is to be present. If we can be present in whatever activity we're doing, in the relationship or the person in relating to the person that's right ahead of us and being with them right now, or like I am being with you right now and really put all my energy into showing up right here, there's a whole lot less unrealistic expectation that can creep in because the ultimate goal is just to be here and not think about what you need to plan for, what you need to do next, or think about what you wish you hadn't done before. So time block and be present. The second lesson that I'd offer you is you're going to hear this and say, oh, there it is again. I repeat it on repeat for a reason. Self-care is a requirement, not an option. A requirement. You are looking after your children and you're looking after you. You are not a gas station. Sometimes you need to be in your house alone. Sometimes you need to do yoga quietly or meditate with headphones in your ears. Sometimes you need to drink a cup of morning coffee without interruption or go outside to do chores for nature therapy. You need downtime moments. They are required when you're a homeschool mama. But each of us has different self-care needs. We think differently. We see the world differently. We know that we are different and have different needs. And whatever it is that I am now reminding you that you need, that's the thing that you should focus on 
what is it you need? How can you better take care of yourself? Because every time you take care of yourself, you are truly taking care of those around you better. The third lesson for planning your upcoming homeschool year, you can influence your children, but you cannot control them. Ask me how I know. Our goal is to have a good relationship and a good relationship influences. It always influences, even in the years where our children are beginning to become their own, they're individuating or becoming individuals separate from us, the teenage years or the adolescent years. Those years, if we can maintain a relationship with them, a connection with them, we have the ability to influence them, but we cannot control them. This lesson ties in very closely with the unrealistic expectation discussion because sometimes our kids' behavior makes us feel very uncomfortable. It makes us feel angry or anxious or uncertain, fearful. You fill in the blank. But that's the reason that we want to control because we are worried for them or for us or how we're feeling because they're doing that thing. And though I give great compassion, if you are in that scenario right now, because I have definitely been in that scenario, the only way that we can truly address that scenario is to give ourselves compassion, to allow ourselves to feel those feelings and say to ourselves, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. I'm sorry that when my child does, you fill in the blank. It makes me feel this way. But trying to make your child do what you want to do um, doesn't work. I wish it did because I tried it a lot. Sometimes I still do. You can influence your kids, but you cannot control them. The fourth lesson that I would share with you to plan your upcoming homeschool year is that academics are not synonymous with education. Yeah, some kids really do like sitting down with their planners and their colored markers, planning out their days, scheduling out their days minute by minute, and having lots of stuff to fill in it. And maybe that's you too, or maybe it's not. But it's okay, because I know we've all been conventionally educated. We've all been taught how to do an education most of us, anyways, have been in the school system at some point, and so we think in whiteboards, in projectors, if you're as old as me, or in chalkboards, in blackboards, in testing and grading and all that stuff. And though all of that may have a place in an education, what is an education anyway? Because we know that the root word educato means in Latin to raise up, then really an education is to raise up a child, to raise them up to become who they were meant to be, to do the things that they were meant to do on this earth. And how do we do that? Well, it may or may not involve certain conventional educational approaches. So think outside the box. Academics are not synonymous with education. So what is? Sometimes it is simply following your child's interests in whatever they are doing. 
So when one time two years ago, I had a challenge in my mind about my son not finishing the physics workbook that I purchased for him and all the different lab experiments that he was provided, he chose that curriculum. I wanted to see him do that curriculum. It sounded like it was super fun and he could learn so many different things, some basic physics concepts that may not look like a high school level. He was in fact in grade six, but he could learn about physics. How cool is that? Just finish the book, just get through it. Do you know what he wanted to do? Well, he didn't want to do physics. He wanted to learn more about what kind of fish he could keep in an aquarium. How many, what kind, what they ate, how to get rid of the algae on the side of the glass. He was really interested in learning all about fish, tropical fish, science. I didn't see it right away. But when I saw it, when I came to understand that, look, I'm watching my child learn. He is very interested and engaged. This is a learning opportunity. Then I let it go and let him shift gears to learn about tropical fish. Fifth lesson I'd share with you for planning your upcoming homeschool year. I just want to remind you, I regret to tell you this. You are going to have to answer that S question to infinity and beyond. I know that there was a short period there when everybody was at home with their kids and nobody was asking the S question. What about socialization? Actually, probably everybody was asking this socialization question. Seriously, how long are we in these houses? Do we really have to be away from human beings? So it took on a different flavor that year. But I think I'm starting to hear it again about the S question. What about socialization? Well, I won't fully address that discussion point in this podcast, but I will say this. Plan your answer. You do not have to give people a full essay answer like I did. I don't know about you, but it brings out the defensiveness in me because I say, um, well, what about socialization? Is my kid weird? Are you trying to tell me that my child is weird? Aren't there weird kids in school too? Also, Are you just worried that this whole social opportunities thing mean that they can't actually hang out with 25 of their favorite other eight-year-olds in the same room for, I don't know, 30 hours a week? Is that really a social opportunity anyways? Are there better ways to find social opportunities? Do I have a whole lot more time at home? I get to choose what we're doing, and my child actually really does get to have opportunities that he wouldn't have if he was in a conventional school for 30 hours a week. We don't have to justify ourselves. We know that our children are learning what they need to learn about relationships, about how to share, how to be kind, how to be considerate of each other, how to practice boundaries, how to emotionally regulate, and they have someone with them to help coach them along and all of that. So what about socialization? But still, people will ask. So we're going to have to determine how we're going to respond to that question. This gives us an opportunity to practice boundaries. If we feel like we have to respond to everybody's questions about homeschooling, any question about homeschooling, 
Maybe we should reconsider our own boundaries. Why do we feel like we have to respond to whatever anybody else is asking? This is our opportunity to learn to not care what other people think. The sixth lesson I would share for planning your upcoming homeschool year is that you may be the greatest educational recipient in your homeschool. So plan for you to include you in your homeschool. When I talked about the three guidelines for choosing curriculum on an Instagram Live, which you can still access on my YouTube channel, I shared that you want to include you as part of your homeschool. No, I'm not saying that you are creating a homeschool just for the express purpose of developing your very own educational program, except that you totally are. You are learning all sorts of things. And frankly, I'm not sure that the kids are learning more than you. You are most definitely able to learn things that you did not think you would learn or you couldn't learn when you were in elementary school or high school. There are all sorts of things that you will tap into and say, huh, who knew I could figure out high school geometry. So if you're interested in geography or history, like so many of you are, or math concepts that you really didn't get at one point, or you really want to learn more about geology or plate tectonics, or you fill in the blank, then you do you. There's something amazing about kids and how they watch us and more is caught than taught. And in this discussion point, that is a good thing because when they see you passionate about whatever you're interested in, they tend to follow suit and they also tend to just create a lifestyle of interest and passion too. The seventh lesson I'd share with you for planning your upcoming homeschool is that There is no one right way to homeschool. Really, there isn't. I know that everybody's telling you that these are the different ways that you can homeschool and you should homeschool and here's what you need to think about and here's what you need to do or here's a philosophy that's valuable because of... And I get that and I actually think that they are all valuable. They really are. But you don't have time to read them all well, not all in one sitting anyway, you have a lot on your plate. There is not one right way to do this, except there is this. If you are not considering your specific child and how they actually naturally learn or how they naturally engage, if you're not considering what you really think about an education or what your partner really thinks about an education, or how you really learn, or how you even really like to teach, or engage, or facilitate, if you're not really considering you, and your child, and your partner, you're probably not doing it the right way. But that is all that really is the right way, because the rest of it is very personalized, and you get to decide how you do it. I say, along with Nike, just do it. Put your feet on the ground and do the walking. Learn a little bit. Maybe you want a homeschool coach to help guide you along. Maybe you want to do a bunch of reading to learn more about how you could approach it. Or a bunch of reading on Facebook or in different threads or in different online groups. But the biggest teacher for you is actually just to get to it and to try a few things. And while you do that, observe your kids. 
Is what you're actually doing working? Are they learning? Is the home environment a way that you want to live in and enjoy your life in? Is your home environment working for you and your kids? Expect mistakes in this entire thing. That's kind of life, isn't it? We should expect mistakes, but we should also expect to keep growing and learning and doing and learning and growing and doing. There really is no one right way to homeschool. The eighth lesson for planning your upcoming homeschool is that um, everything is really not going to go well all the time. I really wish that wasn't true. In fact, I am gravitationally pulled to turning my challenges into my charms. I say it for a reason. And we probably all are. We don't want to experience challenge. We don't want to experience stuff that isn't fun. But we all know that we're not going to have fun all the time. We also know we have kids. And you could share any stage that your child is in right now, and I could probably come up with a few things that are challenging in that stage, like every stage. Kids are not always easy. They have big emotions, which sometimes trigger us into realizing that we don't know how to deal with our own big emotions that are responding to their big emotions. They don't always want to do the same activities that we do. They don't have the same energy that we have. Sometimes they have more, sometimes they have less. Sometimes they're more introverted than us, and sometimes they're more extroverted than us. So sometimes they want to be with other people all the time, and we don't. Or they want to be with other people a whole lot less, or at least not the people that we put them with. And that can be a challenge. Sometimes we have days that get entirely interrupted by things that have nothing to do with homeschooling, but some random phone call or some text message that draws you in because there's something else going on on the other side of somebody else's life and they need you. Sometimes we have days where we just really are done with a piece of curriculum and it's not fun, but we don't know what else to do, so we push through it, even though nobody wants to do it. Some days we just wake up on the wrong side of the bed and realize that we're premenstrual and we forgot about that. And sometimes we have seasons where we really are saturated with learning about something in life. Maybe it's in a relationship that's challenged, or maybe it's, I don't know, a pandemic that threw all sorts of different aspects of our lives into a mess, and there's just more pressure and intensity, and the only thing we can do is just to breathe, hold on, and allow ourselves to accept what we're really feeling, learn to be self-compassionate, and self-compassionate with those around us, and we gotta accept that sometimes those seasons mean that sometimes everything really doesn't go well all the time. But still, my ninth lesson for planning your upcoming homeschool year is to work toward fun. Always work toward fun. The more we play, the more that we have fun in our learning, the more we learn. The more that people are actually present and engaged with what we're doing, the more they learn the more they like doing what they're doing. 
So find ways to work toward fun. No, I didn't say that every day should be fun. I know it can't be. Harken back to lesson number eight. Everything will not go well all the time. But our goal is to create fun. So if there is a way that you could do an activity with them that would be most pleasing and delightful to them, do it. Or if it's pleasing and delightful to you, also do it. Work toward fun. The 10th lesson I'd share for planning your upcoming homeschool year is to know yourself, how you relate to other relationships, other people. Know what you need. This ties in with self-care pretty closely, that self-care is a requirement, not an option, because it honors the fact that um, you're a human being. And human beings, no matter who they are or what role they fill in a family, they have needs. Nurturing the nurturer is a requirement. But how do you know to nurture the nurturer when you don't know the nurturer? We have to work towards knowing ourselves, knowing what we really need. We can do this by spending time with ourselves. Whether that means a morning routine, having just 15 minutes in the morning of quiet time doing things that are nourishing, whether that's reading or yoga or meditating or praying or devotionals or sitting with a smoothie or sitting with a cup of coffee and a journal, whatever it is for you. Even if you say it's a run, kudos to you. That's not my morning routine. But if you can do that and that's a way for you to nourish you, that's where you want to start in your day. You also want to create moments in your day that are also just for you. If that means a tiny little Pinterest coffee break in the afternoon with a teeny little cookie that is tucked under your sofa and no child knows about it, good luck with that. I don't know how no child knows about that over the course of 20 years. They always find my hiding places. But if you can do that and incorporate just a five-minute Pinterest break or a phone break or whatever you want to call it, social media moment, then do that. Put a timer on that, though. Or if that means that you're going out once a week with friends to have coffee and just chat about your homeschool life or to chat about something that's not homeschool at all, connecting with friends entirely unrelated to homeschool, that works too. Whatever works to nourish you. Learn how you relate. Are your relationships in a place that feels satisfying, a place that feels like you are contributing to your relationships in a way that you want to, that you're showing up in your relationships the way you want? Do you know yourself well enough to understand not only what your triggers are, the things that actually cause you to feel intense emotions, but do you also know why you're here, what your purpose is beyond homeschool mom? Do you nurture the person that is the person behind the homeschool mom identity? Van Gogh says, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. And that is our homeschool mama life. We're doing great things by doing a series of small things over the course of time. And I'm going to give you a quick 10 practical lessons for planning upcoming homeschool year two. Ones that are way less meta, a whole bunch more practical. Number one. 4 p.m. every day, put stuff neatly away. Find the erasers, the scissors, the pencils, all the things that you usually are wondering, where are they? Where are the scissors? Find them at four and put it all away. 
The second lesson is once a day or once a week. Bullet point what you actually did. Less time lesson planning, more time bullet pointing your actual activities. Number three, don't be the only person to read aloud. If you do 15 to 30 minutes post-breakfast of read aloud or before bed or in the afternoon with a cup of tea, remember that you too can get your child to read if they can read and you can grab your drawing book, your knitting, your quilting and do something enjoyable while you listen to your child read. Added bonus, you can figure out how comfortable they are reading. Fourth lesson, try not to do other stuff while your kid is working beside you. This teaches you and them to focus on the task at hand, to be present. Number five, your phone is not allowed at your study time. Limit your screen time too, not just your kids. Number six, use short, focused math lessons. Look for the math concepts outside of a math workbook because they are there for a reason. Help them not to train their brain into making mistakes by having long, lengthy math sessions and do increase their apathy with mathematics and boredom too, but create short, sweet math lessons. Seventh lesson is to read about learning. Read about learning to learn. Read about learning to write or learning to read. All those things. This is training you to engage your child and give them what they actually practically need to learn those things. Lesson number eight comes from Steve Demi. He is the math teacher behind Matthew C. In his lessons, he's taught me that you show the kids the math concept or you show them whatever the concept is until they ask to do it. So you do that thing on repeat in front of them, show them, show them, show them, show them until they say, hey mom, can I do one? Then let them do it. Make it like a strategic playtime, not a painful math moment or spelling moment or cursive moment or you fill in the blank. Lesson number nine, assume that conversations count as learning. Respond to most of their questions. I know you don't know everything. I didn't know everything either. I still don't. I'm sure that's a surprise. We are not creating gods, nor Google parallels. Assume that conversations count as learning. There is a whole bunch of discussion that, that goes down around a dining room table, or when you're walking to the mailbox to grab the mail, or when you're driving to an extracurricular activity. Make the most of it if you have the emotional, mental energy to do so, or at least write down their questions so that you can answer them during uh, study time. The 10th lesson is make fun your goal. Did I say that again? Take the serious out of education. You know that play is the new education-ease focus? Play. A whole bunch of research that says that we learn through play. Well, I'll bet that you and I both knew that. We didn't have to have a research study to confirm that. But sometimes, because we're so wed to a conventional educational approach that we were taught, and we really don't like having the neighbors question us in our choices or our cousin or sister or our you-fill-in-the-blank, that sometimes we default to doing things a very traditional way when it really isn't necessary. 
We all know that we want our kids to enjoy the homeschool process, the homeschool lifestyle, so let's make fun our goal. So those are the lessons for planning your upcoming homeschool year. I'd like to hear about the things that you've learned over the last year that you're going to incorporate in your homeschool. So send me a message wherever you find me, wherever you connect with me on Instagram or Facebook at Homeschool Mama Self Care, on this podcast post at www.capturingthecharmedlife. And if you think this podcast is useful for other homeschool moms, then I encourage you to share this podcast with your homeschool mama friends. You can download all these tips, these 10 lessons for planning your upcoming homeschool year at www.capturingthecharmedlife.com. I would love to learn more about who you are, so introduce yourself at the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Instagram page or the Facebook group, the Homeschool Mama Support Group, so we can support and encourage each other in our homeschool challenges. While you're there, you can check out my book of homeschool encouragement, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer. If you're a homeschool mama looking for a mentoring group to gain clarity, confidence, and vision in your homeschool, to create a plan to nurture the nurturer, and be intentional in how you show up in your homeschool, ask me about the Homeschool Mama Retreat or the Capturing the Charmed Homeschool Mentoring Group. All the show notes and links to this episode will be found at www.capturingthecharmedlife.com. Until next time, I hope you and your kids have a charmed week, or if you're having one of those weeks, I hope you can reframe your challenges into your homeschool charms.